What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I've got Jeremiah Johnson on the podcast. We spend time talking about creative financing, sales conversations, short-term rentals, Airbnbs, all of this stuff, everything that's going on in the marketplace right now, what he's thinking about, what he's doing, the opportunity he sees in the future. And I know you guys are going to really enjoy this show, so stay tuned. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, we are back with another awesome show. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think is going to hit you exactly where you are right now. We have this kind of like gap in the marketplace. We've been talking about it for a while. So I'm interested to talk to my guest today about what he's seeing in his marketplace, what are some strategies that he's using, and some ways that he's actually um, um, taking those properties and turning them into either cash flowing assets or selling them on the back end. So um, my guest today has been on the show before. You've seen him at Flip Hacking Live. This year he gave an amazing sales presentation. At at Flip Hacking Live. If you were there in person or virtual, you saw it. Um, he ended it with a dramatic demonstration. It was so fun. Um, but today I've got Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson on the show. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. The marketplace is in this area where we have this kind of like gap right now. Sellers are expecting um, more money than the buyers are willing to pay for it. We're not willing to pay. Our offers are like, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 40% less than what sellers are expecting. And so there's some strategies that we can use and some opportunities. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to some of that because that's meeting you like exactly where you are. I'm sure of it. We're trying to buy houses right now in Spring Hill, Columbia, Mount Pleasant, down in Tennessee with our YouTube channel and everything that Blaze and I are doing for the Undercover House Flipper. And we're making offers like seventy five and $100,000 less on houses that are asking like 175k. So Jeremiah, what do you see going on right now? And where do you feel like this is the biggest opportunity and where you can like service the marketplace the best right now? So, well, I think the biggest opportunity is, is now and then in the upcoming, I'd say 18 to 24 months with the, with the raising of the rates and the tightening of the market and the, there's, there's more inventory and uh, the buyer pool is shrinking due to the fact that it's getting to be so expensive to buy homes that um, for us as investors, we're, we're in a very unique time that in the last 10 years, people have been able to purchase homes at a very historically low rates. And now rates have doubled and could be tripled over the next um, over the last year and, and what we're going to see until at least Q1 next year. And so the affordability of those houses has become for first time home buyers tough. I think we're still in a good job market, but I think if they continue to clamp down, we're, we're going to see the job market be affected. People are going to lay off. Companies are going to tighten and there will be. Uh, I don't want people to be in distress, but I think we're going to start seeing more distress than we've seen in the last five or six years as investors. Um, I, I don't want to say it'll be like 07, 08, but the people that have those rates locked in and really low um, payments are, don't value those those potential mortgages like like we as investors would, you know, a two or three or 4% loan. We're just not going to be able to get those for anytime soon. And so, um, as the distress level increases or, or things happen in people's lives where they're going to want to sell, I think the opportunity for um, creative finance is going to present itself a lot. So I, I'm really excited, actually, about the next 
couple of years. I think we're going to be in a really unique time because I, I built most of my portfolio using creative financing. Because when I started, I didn't have a, a lot of capital to get started with, and I didn't definitely didn't have credit with the local lenders. So I, I did a lot of subject to and then um, traditional owner finance where I'd find somebody with a paid off property and pay them over time. So I, I think in the current interest rate environment that we're in, that is a that is a big opportunity. And what what we're seeing now is that people that weren't interested at selling at our levels are now becoming interested. And so we're going back and we're calling all offers made within the last year and and rediscussing or hey have you sold are you interested in selling and we're, we're getting people now that you know a year ago they were unreasonable or they, they didn't want they weren't ready um, to sell at our levels but now um, they were they're ready to sell at the levels that we were at a year ago well unfortunately it's a little bit more of a difficult conversation because we're lower now than we were then but um, we're seeing motivation levels change. And so if that's, that's found money basically, cause it's already marketing that was spent. And so if we go back to offers that were already made, um, we're, we're getting sellers now that are significantly more rational with what they're, what they're thinking. I, I think it's sinking in, you know, with, with where rates are at and, you know, cause it, instead of getting 10 offers on your first week on the market, you know, people are, are a month in already and they don't even have one. So it's definitely, the, the market has shifted. Okay, so how does that conversation go when you call somebody who you made an offer on a year ago? What, just talk me through that. What does it sound like? Well, it's just an initial uh, motivation check, essentially. Like, hey, you know, hey, we, we had been back and, and made you an offer on your house back in May, and I didn't know if anything in your situation had changed, but we're still one of the one of the buying companies here in town that's actively uh, acquiring homes, and we wanted to know if you still might have an interest in selling or, or in our original offer. And the there's been a percent about thirty percent of them have come back and said yes, yeah, I'd be interested. Um, what you know, I I definitely like to talk to you guys. And so at that point, we're we're treating that as a brand new appointment. We're not going back with any assumptions. We're we're doing new comps. And actually, when we're doing comps, we're going back two years now. Uh, we're not looking at the last six months of data. We're going back two years and looking at what historically things were selling for uh, pre-inflation, because I think that's 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 really where the Fed is aiming. It's if I I'm not a I'm not an economist and I I don't have a crystal ball, but I do believe that they are wanting to reverse a little bit what has happened in housing. And if we go back to 18, 19 prices, I think that's where they're, they kind of have their sights set. At least that's my guess. That's my educated guess. And so we're, we're looking at those in, in terms of comps and, and then making our offers based off of that. And we're having a, 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 um, a smaller percentage accepted, but you know, with rates going up potentially another three quarters of a point by first quarter next year, if we're in a six month flip, and uh, then we have another three to four months of holding costs. I want to make sure that we're pricing in the price compression that will happen from those interest rate raise, raises, um, you know, for next quarter. Okay. So once you get them to, you've got, you've called all these offers, you got them, um, you're going back to two years ago, pre COVID, you're going back out you're looking at the property again, probably estimating repairs and all that stuff again, making a new offer. Um, can we talk through a little bit of the creative financing side? So, um, how are you starting that conversation with some of the sellers and maybe defining what it, what you mean by sub two or owner carry and things like that for anybody who's listening, who just doesn't understand what seller financing is. 
So the two main types of seller financing that we use, um, one is where somebody has a paid off property or um, they, yeah, they don't know anything on it and they don't know what they're going to do with all the cash when they sell it. Or maybe they do know what they're going to do with all the cash, but they don't necessarily need it. So we will offer them um, a carry back basically. So they are our bank and they've got a paid off property. So we pay them a payment every month, just like we would a bank. So they're our Wells Fargo or they're our Chase, they're, they're our lender essentially. And so we give them uh, a small down payment or a down payment and then we pay them monthly. So that's traditional owner carry. And then the other is, is subject to, and that's subject to, you purchase it subject to the existing debt or the mortgage. And so typically when we do those, they owe more than we will offer cash. So if, if, if we're going in and looking at it as a flip and let's say that your, your buy number is 70% ARV minus fix or after repair value, they owe 80, 80% or 85% loan to value because they only put 10 or 15% down and they haven't been in it that long or they refied and they took it out to that level. And so you can't, you can't be profitable offering them cash and then putting in money into the deal for a flip. Um, and so I then we'll look at it and could, will it cash flow as a traditional rental? That's the first sniff test. And if it will, you know, you look at the rent value versus what their current payment is, PITI. And if, if there's cash flow available there, then that, that potentially allows you to uh, buy it subject to the existing mortgage. So the way I, I handle that or explain it with seller, well, first off, it starts at the intake when, when you when you get the lead and you're finding out, do they have a mortgage? How much is their balance? And if they don't have a mortgage, immediately, I'm excited because that's a great opportunity for, to pitch seller finance. And, and if they do have a mortgage, what's their debt level versus we run comps in our pre-work before we go to the appointment? Um, what what's the, what's the loan to value of the debt versus the after repair value or the ARV of the property? And you'll know where they're at in terms of leverage. If, if, if you're going to be able to buy it with cash or if they owe more than what you can pay for cash based on assumptions. And then if they do owe more, then it's a, potentially a sub two. And, um, you know, when we go in and speak with them in person about either of these, it, it's a, I pitch it as you have to qualify. So I, I don't go in and go, you know, we, we take over. I don't get into the weeds, you know, and I explain to them, you, you, Mr. Seller or Mrs. Seller, you, you, you really owe more than I can pay cash for this property. And there are a couple different ways that we'll buy houses. And I, you know, I don't even know if you qualify at this point. You might, but it, it, there are a couple different ways. If, if we get creative, we could still potentially buy this house from you. Uh, even though it's not with cash, it may look a little bit different, but we could still solve your problems, take care of the property and, um, you know, still take it off your hands and get rid of the liability for you. And if, if what I'm looking for in that conversation or in that moment is, uh, well, how does that work? Tell me more. I'd be interested. Um, I, I, I don't want to sell them. I don't want to pitch them. Actually, I want, I want, I want, I'm pushing a little, I don't even know if you, if you qualify. Um, and if they, if they if they're pushing into me like I, I, how do I qualify? What do I need to do? Then at that moment, I know that I've got a, a real potential. And then and then you do have to make sure that it that it qualifies. But that's that's a little bit of the conversation. Um, and on on seller finance, if if they don't know, you know, Mr. Seller, you're about ready to get one hundred seventy five thousand dollars if I pay cash for this. 
you know, are you, are you planning on buying a Lamborghini? Are you, are you going to, you know, put that in, in the stock market right now? It's pretty bloody. What do you, what do you plan on doing with all that cash? Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I'll probably just put it in savings. Oh my gosh. You know, so if I could potentially show you a way to earn a fixed return on that, is that something, or I'll ask them, do they, do they like receiving the rental income and just, are they sick of the tenants? Well, yeah, I hate the tenants. I'm so tired of it. Oh, well, if I could show you a, a potential way that you'd still get the income, but you wouldn't have to deal with any of the toilets or the tenants, is that something that would still interest you? Yeah, yeah, it would. Tell me more about that. So those are a couple probing questions, you know, for, for the, the seller finance to check for interest. Because it's not something that you can hardcore sales or sell somebody on. You really, you, you have to check for, uh, at least I like to ping them for motivation. And if they're willing and open, and if they are, then you can kind of get into the weeds. Yeah, that's awesome. There's two things that I pulled out of there that, that I was thinking even for me. One is... Um, you mentioned refinancing the house. So ha I, I'm, I'm thinking of a post in all these different like garage sale areas and local areas that I'm looking at houses for right now where it says, have you refinanced over the past two years and having to lower the price on your listing right now? Um, I would be interested in talking with you. So like having an opportunity for people who uh, might not have a ton of equity, because that was the challenge that if I was looking for some sub two houses here locally specifically that have mm -hmm. um, low interest mortgages that I could take over without coming out of pocket a ton and so that's a great kind of concept when you said that i was like oh crap like there's a lot of people that have refinanced do a cash out refinance pulled their cash out and don't yeah, have a ton sell. of equity i actually hadn't thought about that before you just said it. yeah exactly now they can't sell and they're they're, they're listed with an agent potentially it's on the market and they're about to drop the price drop the price but i can actually pay more than another investor doing it the way like i want a couple of these short-term rentals i want a couple of these uh, buy and holds uh, rentals just taking over a mortgage um and then the, the next one was what you just said which i thought was really awesome this talk track because i'm raising i'm raising money for some of our rent to own properties up in kentucky and some of the other things that we're doing where i pay a fixed uh, monthly rate and i've noticed a lot of the people that have invested with me for that they're different than the people invest with me for apartments and other things like hard money loans. They, they need like, they want seven or 8% consistently every month, direct deposit into their bank account, those kind of returns. And if I say, would you like to keep receiving the rental income without the tenants? So like, that's the exact quote that I just, I could post something like that right now. And like, Hey, is anybody else interested? Anybody out there who's thinking about getting into rental properties, but they'd actually really just love to get the returns of a rental property without the tenants. Like I bet I like those two marketing concepts right now for me um, will really hit. And I love turning that around and saying it to a seller. Um, and this because the same thing goes for um, for somebody who you're raising capital f from, like how, how you're trying to fund your deals on some of these long-term kind of buy and holds that you might be raising money for. Um, I, I always remember Andy saying something on sub two in his trainings that I watch. We have like four hours of Andy seller financing training inside of our uh, academy and our all of our programs. But he said, uh, he said, I, I, I know you, you want to get your money now, but would you care if the bank waited until they got their money when he was talking sub two and he's in the house? Yeah. He's like, you wouldn't really mind if the bank had to wait till they got their money, right? And that was like, when he said that, I was like, oh, this is like the best line ever. So I think that combined, so that one for sub two and then yours on uh, a seller carry where would you like to keep receiving the rental income of this house but get rid of the tenants like i'm happy to take over the tenants and, and manage this property but how much how would you love to just keep getting that kind of return and i mean heck 
honestly, I would, I would like to do that. I, I would right. love the return without all the headaches. And I think everybody else out there would So, really powerful. I love it. And so, so far what I've written down is calling all offers made in the last year, um, going back two years or more, like kind of pre COVID pre inflation area period where getting back to some earlier comps, like looking at those of the direction that we're going and then kind of looking at different refinance properties for some of these sub two owner carries and these talk tracks are the things that I've wrote down so far. Um, so from there, let's say you get some of these opportunities and that's the opportunity that we're going. Um, how would you recommend people kind of like uh, learn more about this, um, understand it more? And then what, what can you do with it afterwards? Like, can you fix it up and sell it on a, on an owner carrier sub two? Can you rent it out? Can you hold it? Are you doing short term rentals with these things? Tell me a little bit about what you're doing with these properties after that too. All the above, all the above. So depending on how you structure the deal, it really, it, it can, uh, influence your exit, right? So, um, like I'll give you, for instance, the last one that I did, uh, on seller finance, it was a probate situation. We had three siblings. They were all in from out of state and they were shopping, shopping, shopping for the highest offer. And uh, I just happened to be in town. And so I was doing the acquisition appointment myself instead of uh, one of our team because I, I like to go out on them still. And I'm sitting there and it was a hoarder house and the, the dad had passed away. And the three siblings were telling me, you know, this is just money. This is just money. They'd had like seven different wholesalers there. And um, the, the, everybody's sweating because the heat or the air conditioner was off. It's midsummer in Kansas and it, it is blazing hot. But then the, one of the brothers drops that there's another house across the street because dad filled this one. And then he went ahead and bought the one across the street and filled that one. And so my, I, I immediately went ding, 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 like, oh, there's a second house. Like, what do I need to do to buy that one? Well, no, we don't want to sell that one. It's cash flowing. And you got generally in a probate situation, it's really hard to get seller finance because they all want their money. But when they all said they co-own this house across the street and it's cash flowing, I immediately thought, oh my gosh, this is a perfect situation because it's paid off. And so, you know, there are a couple different ways I buy houses. One is with cash. It's typically closer to um, my price and then your terms, which is just cash. And then the other is um, on terms, which is closer to typically your price, but it's at my terms. So if I could show you a way that we could get you to the number or closer to the number that you told me on the phone and I could still buy the property, but you might have to get your money a little bit over time. Is that something that you would consider? And immediately they were all like, well, yeah, tell us more. And so I offered, um, 10% interest only on an 18 month note. Um, and so I'm, I'm paying like three something a month for this house. I paid zero down and, uh, I'm, I'm rehabbing it at the end of the 18 months. I will refi it and it, I'm going to make it a, a short term rental. So it, it ended up being a great deal, um, because they are able to get quite a bit more. I, I blew their, their highest cash offer out of the water and, um, they just, they're going to get it over 18 months instead of, and I, I put they, the only thing I didn't like. They made me, they, they were savvy. They negotiated a prepayment penalty in there. So I really do have to carry it with them for 18 months because I probably would have done like till it's done with rehab and then get all, all the money back out and pay them off, which I still could do. But now the way rates are, I'll probably, I'll, I'll just wait and see what happens next year. But um, that I'm, I'm doing that. And then the very first Airbnb I did, um, I bought it on a sub two. 
And so I took over a, a lady's payment. Um, they went through a, a separation and the house was trash. I had a big dog in it. So I, I went in, rent readied it. And it was the very first one I did. It was about five years ago. And I, I'd never done one, but I kind of like to try new things. And so I thought, okay, let's, let's furnish it, throw it on and see what happens. And I, I did run AirDNA just to see um, what it, what they forecasted it at. And it did about 28. They forecasted it at 32. And it was an 800, 900 at the time dollar a month rental. So it, it did almost three times what it would have done as a, as a long-term rental, as a short-term rental. And I was hooked. So um, uh, it was a very low barrier. It's almost like a master lease, except for I owned the property. So I wasn't actually leasing it. I owned it because I bought it sub two. And um, had very little. I didn't put any money down. I just we just took over our payments, and then we 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 basically paint and carpeted it and and furnished. And it's it's been an Airbnb ever since. So um, I will also do those if if it's a if it's a flip, like if if they if the payment is too high to where it won't rent. I don't I don't like doing uh, at least in my market short term rentals where the the long term rent won't cover the PITI. And the reason why that is, is it's unregulated currently. And so it's kind of the wild west for short-term rentals. Uh, you know, a lot of other markets, they're, they're established and there's really no risk if you've got a license, I don't think, um, or a lot less risk. But for us, in the event that they do legislate, you know, I don't want to be caught with a, a property that won't cash flow as a long-term rental or a midterm rental if I, if, I can't short-term it any longer. So that's always kind of been my risk test is, can I rent it as a long-term rental? And if I can, then I'm gonna, I can go ahead and short-term rent it because I know there's very little risk there. But um, in the event that something changed, I wanna have that backup plan that I don't, I'm not forced to sell it or be holding a negative cash flowing asset. I've got something that I can hold long-term. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know I always looked at exit, uh, multiple exit strategies because if you're, Exactly like you said, you, your short-term rental is covering it and then some, but if that gets deregulated, you, you, have, you have to sell and you don't ever want to be in a position where you have to sell. So what does your portfolio look like right now? And you're talking about short-term rentals, you've got a couple of these, and, um, and then where are you going? Like, what are you trying to build right now? And where do you see the biggest opportunity for you in the future? Well, I am... So portfolio is is mostly long term rentals. So I have uh, about know, eighty, and then I've got twelve actual Airbnbs or short term rentals, and then some mid term rentals too for for nurses. So it's a mix. I've I've probably got eighty percent, eighty five percent long term rentals, and then fifteen percent short term or mid term. And uh, I think that's a decent mix. I've I've done a couple um, deals where I've gotten into uh, multifamily recently, but for the most part, I have, my bread and butter has been has been midterm or, or short or long term rentals, but just rentals in general in the Midwest. And they've they it's done really well for me. Uh, I've I've got them in Colorado and then also in Kansas. And I think in the near future. Um, I've kind of been on hold for marketing while rates have been raising and I, I'm getting ready. I've, I've got a ton ready to deploy. And so um, I'm, I think right about uh, the first of the year, I'm going to start really ramping up marketing for us personally. because And the reason why that is I have about 
13 rehabs going and I don't need to throw any more in the pipeline. <laughs> so I'm, I'm digesting those. And then, uh, cause I bought two packages of single family homes and I, I, I really don't want to do any more. Um, and I'm, I'm not really wholesaling a whole lot. I'm buying, renovating and renting. So they're waiting until the first of the year for us personally to market. But I think now is a really good time to market because of the uncertainty that's happening and the way that the rates have, have skyrocketed. There's a lot of seller uncertainty. I, I know in my market in Colorado where I live, prices have just dropped and the people that I've spoken with now that weren't motivated are a lot more motivated. So um, that I'm just for personal reasons, because of the bottleneck we have with construction, I'm, I'm holding off. But uh, I, I think now is a, is a great time to, to really start getting in front of people uh, because of where we're at in the market. And I think the seller finance is going to be a huge opportunity with, with the low rates that people have locked in in the last five years. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to encourage you guys, if you're out there, to uh, to look at some of the things that we that we have inside of our academy, being the some of the uh, seller financing training that Andy's put together that has been my bread and butter for, I don't know, years now, as well as in our runway program, um, a lot of the seller financing training and, and the conversations that are happening in our altitude group. So they're pretty much all over with this seller financing stuff. But Jeremiah is definitely one of the best in our community when it comes to this stuff and, and for sales as well, just overall sale conversations as you've heard today. I, I mean, every time I talk to you, there's like quotes and tips that I have right here. I remember you, you said, I love that one thing I missed was the qualify them for seller financing. I love that. It reminds me of the movie Boiler Room. Um, I, I don't know if everyone listening has seen it, but there's a point where he's like, he's talking to this doctor and he's like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to limit you to $100,000 on your first trade with us. And he's like, $100,000. Are you crazy? Wait a second. Well, just out of curiosity, why would you limit me to $100,000? Well, we like for you to guys to get started on a small trade with us before you really can start doing bigger trades with us. And he's like, Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, just put me down for the 100,000 then. And he's like, because he, at first he's like, are you insane? Like this guy's cold calling me about a trade. And because of that, he got to that point. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that we try to do inside of our multifamily money raising, all of my money raising, all those things is is to put that person in a mindset of that. Like, well, hey, uh, yeah, the, the the minimum is only $50,000 on this deal, but, and, and we have to max everybody out at a million. And like a million, yeah. wait, okay, well, is anybody investing a million? Well, actually, yeah, I have two people at a million dollars invested in this um, and if they go any higher than that they wanted to do more but they'd have to get personally guaranteed the loan and get on the documents which is true why we do yep. limit on the top end but so for you guys that are listening like these conversations are really important uh, when it comes to that stuff you mentioned I, I, I'll kind of like this is probably the last question that I have just based on time for us but you mentioned two packages you bought two packages what are some tips that you can give to the people that are listening if they might be looking for something like that? Maybe it's a, a group of houses or something. Is there a way to kind of target that or look for that if they want to buy like 20 houses at a time, some of the bigger players? Yeah, so the way we've done it uh, is download your list and then sort by LLC of who owns the most properties in your in your zip code and then target those individual. You, you skip trace those LLC pardon me, owners and then go directly after them. And, um, the, the two that I purchased, I, um, they, they were adjacent to properties that I owned and they were owned by LLCs and I, I skipped trace the LLCs. I, I, I uh, sent it over to Rob at lead fusion and then he, he found the owners for me. And then I, I personally cold called them for close to one guy for almost six months. And then he ended up selling me, um, four and then the other guy sold me seven doors. So, um, 
and then I got, I got a couple more from another source. And so I just, I, I ended up that many at once <laughs> ended up being a lot of construction, but, uh, typically we don't, we don't buy that many all at once, but it was, it was a really good opportunity. And so that's, that's how I located them. And, and I, um, I just went after him and ended up negotiating a deal and getting it. He, he, he was a landlord that ended up, um, he was an accountant, took a job in North Carolina, moved. His daughter lived in one, uh, negotiated it to where she's living in, in the one still for a year at, at $500 a month, which is a screaming deal for her. Um, but it was great cause I got the deal and then we're, we're, we're done with rehab with, with, two of them and one more's in process right now. So, um, and then the other, the other three were already, were already occupied. That's awesome. I know that's, but that was just skip tracing. I think that's great. It's a definite conversation that's happening inside of our altitude uh, group right now. A lot of people talking about uh, buying more bulk, um, properties. What does that look like? How do you underwrite them? Things like that. So it's definitely a conversation that's happening inside the group right now. Um, so that's, that's helpful. I love the idea of, of kind of looking at who owns a bunch, skip tracing them. And then you, you see, you can see if you don't remove duplicates on that, uh, owner list, you'll see a ton of those non-owner occupied LLCs and you guys can see uh, there's a trend there. And so list source is a great opportunity for you guys. Remember if you're looking for a discount on list source, we have that for you guys too. Um, for sure. Hope all of our runway and altitude members only pay three cents a name for that. It's really incredible. It's something that's been, I don't know, three years, four years ago that I was able to get that deal, something that I needed for myself. And, um, and we helped them out. So Jeremiah, what is, what is, uh, what are you working on right now with us? I know that you're one of the top gun coaches. Can you talk a little bit about like what your program is going to look like for the next year for the people that jump in and want to work with you? Obviously you're amazing at sales. We talked about short-term rentals. We talked about creative financing. It's probably all things that you guys are working on inside that group with you one-on-one. Well, I have a, um, a portfolio of short-term rentals that I've pretty much got on autopilot with a bunch of different softwares and then, um, you know, our staff. And so I've, I'm, I'm the short-term rental coach. And so I'm, I'm basically offering people that, that want to set that up. And it, I think it's the quickest way to, I think most of us get into real estate to exit the rat race or to add that financial freedom that we're looking for. I, I think short-term rentals is one of the fastest ways to do it, to scale up. I mean, and, um, the long-term rental is definitely a great way to build wealth, but it is it is a slower burn to build the cash flow that you can get with short-term rentals. So I'm, I'm basically offering people all of my systems and processes that I've kind of learned from uh, hard knocks, essentially, uh, just growing to a point where I couldn't sustain anymore and then systemizing after that. So I, I basically getting a, a look under the hood at all the softwares that I pieced together to, to build that business and how I run it. Uh, but then in addition, I'm I'd like the people that I'm coaching currently, it, it's it's ended up being a lot more um, seller finance training or, or creative finance training, general business coaching on how to scale your business and, and then a lot of marketing and sales, too. So yeah, the, the good news is if if we end up looking at uh, a short term rental uh, situation, then y you really get me, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm working on the, uh, on their business with their business for, you know, the next year and, and helping them to grow and scale in any way that they want. So a couple people want to quit their, their W2s too. So it, it's, it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Um, on top of that, I think you heard Jeremiah can help you with long-term rentals, mid-term rentals, sales. Um, he talked about the uh, negotiation and, um, and sub two and some of this creative financing stuff. Uh, Jeremiah is just one of the best, like, 
like he's one of the best people that can just look at you, you look at you in your business and know exactly the direction that you need to go. I've, uh, I've had the honor to be in many rooms and breakout sessions and hot seats with Jeremiah. And, um, it's really incredible. And in watching over the past few years, what I've seen him do at each one of our altitude and runway meetings is do these hot seats with the folks and then come out and just be like, man, like it's like he can see right through you. And so it's really powerful. And I know, um, he's probably not going to brag on himself as much as I will, but he's one of the best in the world that I've seen at that. And it's, it really is a talent to, to ask questions and listen. And I think it comes from a sales background of not just like, Oh, I already have the answer for you. It's like, let me ask you a few more questions. Let me listen to you for a little while. Let me try to see some of the things that you're saying and some of the ways that you're thinking. And let me try to reframe that and readjust that in a coaching conversation and session. And it, you really do think that you feeling like you get business therapy from it. And so I've seen people come out like, Oh my gosh, he, I was kind of like, like I, I was sharing things that I wouldn't normally share or talking about things that we wouldn't normally talk about. And the whole room was like, wow, like we got pretty deep there really fast. It's because he's listening and he's paying attention and he's taking you someplace that you need to go. And it's, it's really powerful and incredible. And that's what a good coach does. So um, if you guys are interested, we rolled out this Top Gun program. We would love to have you apply or set up a call. Really, it's just a call with the coach. So from that, I, I, I'm sure that you're going to get something from Jeremiah if you set up a call with him and you guys have a conversation about your business and what's going on and where your direction you want to go and some of the things you're struggling with, you'll leave that call with value, whether you jump into the program or not. And so um, I would encourage you guys to sign up for that. Yeah. And now I am going to, I am going to frame this properly. Like you have to be doing business right now. This is not a new program. This is not something for the newer folks. This is actually the level above our seven figure altitude group. So if you're not doing consistently 10, 12 deals a year, like a deal a month, building out a team, really starting to scale your business, a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue per year, this is not something that you're going to want to just jump into. We have a runway program for that, for newer folks that are just trying to get their business started so but it's called top gun it's a lot of fun we had some fun with the naming and the shirts and all the logos and stuff like that and i'm still waiting for a letter from them but i haven't gotten one yet so um if you go to sevenfigurealtitude.com um, slash topgun, sevenfigurealtitude.com slash topgun. I know we're working on a couple other pages right now and things like that, but that'll take you there. Um, and right there, you can see all the one-to-one -one mentoring from one of the Top Gun coaches. And you can just go down and, and see Jeremiah in there. You can read about some of the other folks and you can click on book a call. You can book a call with Jeremiah, jump on and see if it's a good fit, if it's a good fit for you, if it's a good fit for him, because he's building his like Avengers team. He's building his people, too. And he needs to make sure that it's a good fit for him and the group as well and make sure that you fit in on the dynamic. What we're going to do is for one year, those folks are going to go on a path together um, for a year, just like I did with my eight figure entrepreneur group last year. Um, we got five different coaches that are doing that this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I really do think it's the future of us here at Seven Figure Flipping and get way more one on one, get deeper with a smaller group of people. 12 is like the perfect size of a platoon. Everything that we do in the military, that's about right. And you can kind of work with about that many people without getting saturated and overwhelmed. And Jeremiah will know your story. He'll know what's going on with you guys and be able to take you on that journey together. So uh, I'm really excited about it. You can go to sevenfigurealtitude.com slash Top Gun. And you'll also get everything that we have in the Altitude program if you jump into the Top Gun program. So it's like everything we have with Altitude with a one-on-one -on -one coach, the accountability sessions together, um, the events together things like that. So Jeremiah, anything that I left out or anything that you want to say? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll close with this bill. I, one of the things that I've, I've picked up since I've started coaching is, is that performance in your business is equal to potential minus interference. So 
I, I just push everybody that's on here. If you're thinking about it, jump on a call with me and let's identify your interference and let's work on removing it. I think uh, it, it'd be good use of both of our times. I love that potential minus interference. So remove the noise, remove the interference and let let somebody else guide you in that. A lot of times we can't see it. You cannot see the interference that's in your way. You need somebody else to point it out. And Jeremiah is the best in the business at that. So go to sevenfigurealtitude.com slash top gun and uh, and jump on a call with him. And uh, you can check out everything that we're doing, all the other coaches on there. And over these next few podcasts, we're going to be talking to everyone. I'm really excited about this. Um, it was a, an honor for them to say, yes, we'd like to do this with you. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys on the next show. Jeremiah, thanks for your time today, man. See ya. Thanks, Bill.